what you're fearing is not anything outside of you. What you're fearing is things outside of you evoking this feeling inside of you. And now that you've learned how to be with this feeling inside of you, that it's not wrong, even though people in your earlier life modeled to you that it was wrong and they weren't available to be with you inside of it, that it's not actually wrong, that it's okay, it's understandable, it's allowed, it's accepted, it's loved, and it's not who you are. What does that change for you? How does that change how you show up? A little easier on myself, like more relaxed and accepting, less nauseous. Yeah. Like like something shifted. It's a daily choice. It's a moment by moment choice, which power gets to win, right? Right, right. The power of forcing the box closed or the power of pursuing my passion, even if that means that the box gets opened. Hi, and welcome back to the Madness and Meaning podcast. And as you just saw in that little intro clip, this is a pretty different episode than most of the other episodes on our podcast. This is not an episode where Amanda and I are just going really, really deep into the nitty gritty of a topic that we're both really passionate about and also have seen be spoken about in a very lackluster fashion elsewhere on the internet. And we love those conversations and those episodes so much. Plus, part of what really inspired us to want to do this podcast was this other segment that we had an idea of, which was to coach people live on the podcast. And the reason why that felt so exciting to us, I think is, well, one, very simply put, we both just really love what we do, like so much. And also because we both have a really hard time describing what it is that we do for work. And a big part of how we have set up our business models is just to demonstrate (laughs) the work that we do rather than talking about it because articulating it in words is only going to, it's going to have limits. At least that's been my experience of it. And so in this episode of the Madison Beating podcast, I am going to be coaching a wonderful woman named Jamie who volunteered to be a guest on our podcast. And little side note, if you would like to take advantage of this opportunity as well and either receive a completely complimentary session with Amanda doing a higher self reading or have a life coaching session with me on the podcast, like I said, completely for free, just in exchange for us being able to share the content on our podcast, you can head to one of the first links that is in the description and it'll lead you to fill out a form for either one of us to coach you or do a reading with you. And in this episode, you're going to see that the primary reason why Jamie wanted to get support from me was because she's trying to gain clarity inside of how she's going to approach her business, who she's trying to talk to inside of her work, how she's going to talk to them so that she could come up with some sort of strategy to start building her business and getting clients. And her main 
block that was getting in the way of her having what her wanted what she wanted was that lack of clarity not knowing what to do not knowing what to say not knowing who to speak to and very early on in the episode she accesses that clarity that she wanted and I had nothing to do with it <laughs> she just said something out loud just trying to like spitball some ideas for what it is that she could say who it is that she wanted to speak to and the clarity just came immediately in and I was so excited for her as you're going to see it was a beautiful moment for her to gain that clarity and I didn't want to end the episode there because I knew that a lot of the time we say that we are unclear on what it is that we want or what we're going to do. We don't know what to do. And that kind of holds us back from experiencing what we want to experience or doing what it is that we need to do in order to get somewhere that we want to get. When that's actually just, for lack of a better word, a bit of a scapegoat. And we're hiding behind that lack of clarity because the clarity is always there. We always know what we want. We have our own answers. We have our own internal guidance system that is guiding the way. And obviously we can lean on external resources to help us clarify where there's some blurriness to our own clarity. But a lot of the time it's the reason that we're not moving forward is not because we don't know what to do or we don't know what to say or we don't know what we want. It's because we're blocking that for ourselves. And so you're going to see me poke around <laughs> into Jamie, um, kind of having that idea in the back of my mind. And what we revealed was something very fascinating. So I'm going to leave it there and you can get into the episode now. I understand that you're wanting some support getting clarity around a decision that you're battling with. Specifically, it sounds like regarding your niche, so the type of people that you really want to help and serve, how you want to help them. Does that feel accurate? Yes. That's kind of what yeah. you're looking for? Okay, brilliant. Yeah. So before we dive really directly into that decision itself, I would love to first spend some time with you clarifying what your overall vision is for your life, for your career, so that we can have that context to base this decision off of. How does that sound? That sounds like a plan. Okay. okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. So this is the fun part that a lot of people have <laughs> some hard time with, which is right. getting clear on what the heck you actually want, right? right. What a weird question. <laughs> right. It's weird that it's weird, but it is weird. Isn't well, it's, it? it's like that question, you know, in, in grade school or when you're graduating high school and everyone says, oh, what do you want to be, you know, or what do you yeah. study? And, and you're expected to know. <laughs> <laughs> what I knew was I wanted to understand what influenced people mm. and why they did the things that they did. Now I'm coaching and right. that really is looking at why yeah. people do what they do. Right. So let's really expand on that about where you see yourself and what is most important to you to how you're going to be showing up in the world. So let's say let's say that it's a year from now and you were to look back and honestly say, 
that the last year was like the best year of your life, or at least one of the top, top, top best years of your life. What do you think would have happened in that year? Oh my gosh. Um, I would be able to uh, pay for a vacation for myself. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and take it. it. Um, yeah. I would start, I would, I would sing somewhere. I would be on stage and perform somewhere and start to do more of that and do that for fun. Coaching clients, I, you know, in, and the flexibility and joy that I do have already in my life. And I would find more ways to integrate everything that I'm doing and the different people in my life that I know would benefit from knowing each other. Yeah. Sounds like you like to be a connector. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a role you thrive in. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Right. So you would get to really strive into that role a lot more. You would, I'm sure from that, get a huge sense of, of joy, of connection, of significance in that, in this world. And then you mentioned singing somewhere, performing for fun. So it sounds like fun is something that you're really valuing at this yes. point. Yeah. yeah. Just finding ways to be in joy um, because I'm a caretaker, a caregiver what for my mother and, right. <laughs> and we just lost my father and it's a shift and I want to create as much joy as possible in my life yeah. so that I can handle all the other things, which yeah. leads me to, I spiritually delicious is, um, sort of my brand, I think, for lack Love of a it. Spiritually yeah. delicious. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about your vision for this. So I'm, I'm a chef. I do whole foods cooking. I went to the natural gourmet Institute for health and culinary arts in New York. And I have private clients here in Baltimore that I cook for. Um, and I really love cooking. I love food. I love eating food. I love being healthy and the way that I feel eating healthy food. So um, spiritually delicious is like, it's, it's cooking, it's cooking, uh, it's coaching, it's working with people in their relationship with senses and being present in their eating experience, in their sensuality, life experience, in you know, uh, I kind of did like a little mind map and, um, uh, you know, just developing programs to help tease out what's nurturing to people, mm. how we can nourish ourselves and wow. yeah, be soft with ourselves because there's so much judgment and hardness that we have with ourselves. That's all. Wow. That's, yeah. You know. That's it. Just that. <laughs> it's no big deal. Just want to literally change the world through helping people really connect with their senses and their sensuality through healthy food and nourishing themselves and 
finding just so much joy in the experience of eating, which we all have to do on a regular basis. No big deal. (laughs) This brand, Spiritually Delicious, being a chef, doing the whole foods cooking thing, um, coaching, working with people with their relationship with their senses, getting present in their eating experience and their sensuality experience, and developing programs to really carve out what's nurturing to people and to help them be soft with themselves. Where do you feel like you're living into that now on a scale of one to 10? Uh, seven. I, it's that I haven't put it in action, but I'm feeling more into it. Like it's slowly coming into focus. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you can recognize that it's just, it's a, such a small amount. It's that last three points to get from seven to 10 out of 10. That is the actual physical creation of it. Mm-hmm. So much of that percentage of it is in the, is in the embodied experience of it is in the able, the ability to visualize it. It's in like the understanding, the feeling into it and all of that. It's cool that you're, because I think a lot of people would look at their lives or or be in a situation where they have this vision for something, but it hasn't manifested itself into reality yet. And they would say they're like a one, (laughs) Mm -hmm. even if they know what it's like, or they know, they know what it is that they want, they haven't fully created it yet. And they would, they they wouldn't acknowledge the impact uh, on the creation process of something that comes from just feeling into it and having that clarity that you have mm-hmm. there's some quote that I took from a Greek philosopher that it's like first decide what you would be and then what you would have to do mm-hmm. I love that oh, brilliant so let's take some time to really identify what is getting in the way here of you fully embodying this vision that you have for yourself So what do you see has been holding you back or slowing you down or hold the potential to hold you back and slow you down from stepping into this vision? Coming to more clarity about what my offer is, um, who I'm, you know, like just how I'm selling this. Yeah. So there's a lack of clarity. Let's break yeah. that down a bit. What's Thanks. contributing to the lack of clarity? Is there doubt? Is there fear? Like, what is this experience that you're calling a lack of clarity? It's like, I haven't, I don't think I've crafted what I think I'm going to be offering, you know? So like, am I saying I will offer like just spitballing here right Mm. with you because this is where it is it's like how do I say what I'm doing I'm offering a a 45 minute session to help identify the conversations that women have with themselves when they look in the mirror and what they see and who they want to be. Mm. Oh, I like that. 
Yeah. What's that and like? That sounds good. You know? What's it feel like? It feels kind of resonant, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I want to I want to slow down that moment where it was. I like that. I think. Yeah. Where did that I think, think. come from? Right. What What was that? <laughs> <laughs> my seven, my sevenness. Like, is that the right shiny thing I want? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a part of you that whenever something comes to uh, clarity around a possibility, like this could be what it is. Part of you wants to question it because it doesn't want to be tied down to it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank okay. You. Yeah. It's good to recognize that. Yeah. And so because you are so familiar with the Enneagram and you have I'm sure a lot of awareness around this already. I want to get into the nitty gritty of how this part of you, we'll call it your seven mm -hmm. <laughs> that lives in you is showing up inside of your pursuit of getting clear on this and contributing to the lack of clarity. So I identified one aspect of this, which is when you think of something that it could be part of you questions, it doesn't want to get tied down to it. Right. So can you see any other experiences of you pursuing this clarity, you pursuing this vision that you have for yourself where your seven is showing up and creating some resistance? Yeah, it shows up. Well, last night I had a, another coaching call with someone who's, you know, getting their hours. And so we named her Arabella, this you know, whiny, insecure, I don't know how to do it. And like, else <laughs> is so much better than me. And, you know, so we decided that she's, you know, trying to protect me and she doesn't want me to be exposed or look like, you know, silly or something or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So then what's the deepest fear there that it's protecting you from? Being accepted, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it wants acceptance. And being wanted, right? Yeah. That one. Yeah, that's Always. the one. I want to I wanna be wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so sweet that we want everyone in the world <laughs> to want us. It's cute, right? isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Sweet. And it sounds like when this part of you takes the steering wheel, it might be trying to steer on a path where everyone's going to approve and everyone's going to want it, which is making you steer away from some ideas that you have where people might genuinely really want to have it, but your mind can justify maybe why people wouldn't. Right. Yeah. I can come up yeah. with lots. Yeah. Totally. And you're never not going to be able to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our minds are brilliant machines for coming up with justifications for anything. So tell me some of those justifications that your mind comes up with as far as why you wouldn't pursue 
any single idea that you have. Like, let's say the one that you came up with when you were channeling that to me of like, I help women um, change the conversation that they're having with themselves when they're standing in the mirror or something like that. And you talked about helping people change really their like relationship. I, I think that's too. Good. And while this part of you is online right now, it's like, yeah, that's good. Love that. Can we take a moment just to get curious with any whispers there are from the other part of you that might doubt that, that might have fear about that, or that might not want to get tied down to that for any reason? Well, now what comes up is like, okay, I've got that. And I love, I do think I resonate strongly yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. As you should. Um, and, um, and then what, and then what, what do I do with it? Like, do I just start talking on Instagram and just be like, wow, I just realized this is what I'm doing. Mm. And if you want to give me a, you know, have a clarity call with me. I'm offering two free clarity calls this month. And yeah. yeah, I love the clarity that's rolling in. So let's get really clear then on how you are specifically holding yourself back here. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it like other people are doing it? Am I getting successful? Am I, is anybody going to contact me? Mm. Anyone? Yeah. You know? I put the invitation yeah. out there. What happens if I hear nothing back? What yeah. happens? Then I keep doing it. Keep trying. Keep showing up. Is it Instagram? I'm showing up on Instagram and just keep keep yeah. posting, keep talking, keep yeah. being who I am, keep being spiritually delicious one of the programs I was in was about talking about you know what you've been through and how that can provide a ground and common place for people to connect with so that they they feel safe and heard with you you know so I would like to begin crafting that story sort of um, in a way that I feel comfortable with. Yeah, it sounds like you have some things kind of like on the to-do list that you can recognize would be a meaningful step forward in you starting to create that branding, that clarity, and also potentially new clients for yourself, right? You want to start crafting your story. You want to start figuring out how to put it out there in a way that feels really good and comfortable and aligned with you you want to start talking about what it is that you do on social media why haven't you yet because I haven't been this clear with with something that I think I can identify with and can offer yeah. it yeah. but it but I just think that it clicked yeah. Yeah. So what's the next step for you from here? What feels like the next most intelligent step? You know, post something on a live, you know, and just start talking. Just be like, you know what? I finally realized that this is who I'd like to, you know, with a conversation I would like to have with people. 
and yeah. where we can go with that. I grew up hating the person that I saw in the mirror. And that's a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to admit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Curious what specifically about that feels hard. What would you have to be believing about being insecure that would make it feel hard to admit it? That other people don't feel insecure. And what happens when you identify that? Well, I laugh because, of course, other people feel insecure. (laughs) There's a lot of people who probably feel insecure, you know? Yeah. That's one bubble popped, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get still with this. Let's see what else there might be there that's contributing to this feeling hard. So when you think about it's hard for me to admit that I'm insecure. What would I have to be believing about admitting that I'm insecure in order for that to feel hard? That people will judge me for that. Yeah. For, for admitting. I, I um, grew up in an environment that was, that seems, um, it's very kind of formulaic. People don't leave the, this town, really. They get married to each other and they drive nice cars and their kids, you know, are now going to college and good colleges and everybody looks great and they go out and I, I don't, I, I just don't, I'm not married. I never, I didn't get married. I don't have a long-term relationship. I don't have children. I have my mom that I'm taking care of right now. And I had my dad. And I was not financially successful in a business. Uh, and, you know, so I don't fit the the pattern in this environment that I feel like people will may judge me and just may be like, oh, Jamie is so lost and really will never find herself. And this is another, you know, loopy thing that she's doing. Um, Mm. So that's my negative icky mind. Yeah. 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 So there's this experience, this image in your mind of that moment when someone judges you Mm -hmm. for putting your insecurities out there for people to see. right it's that moment where maybe you visualize it as maybe two specific people in your life are like did you see what she's posting (laughs) or maybe people just looking at their phone looking at something that you posted and then they're having that thought like oh there's another thing she's trying like is she ever gonna actually do something meaningful (laughs) with her life or whatever judgment they have there's a part of you that feels deeply threatened by that yeah and so historically, in your experience, and I, I want to ask you this question, and I want you to hear it and answer it from the place of you observing how you have experienced this in the past, not with the logical, I understand that's not what it really was, mind, but more from a, what did I learn through experience of this? Okay, yeah. In the past, when your family judged you, what did that mean? 
they that they were worried and that I couldn't do that I couldn't do it whatever it was you know okay like my dad would pick me up from the train station when I came home for a break and he would immediately like he was like an un unemployment officer like did you work this week oh do you have work coming up next week you know and it was just you know that worry that he, that I'm not making enough money and that he's worried about he was worried about it so that's yeah. the big thing yeah yeah and then what did it mean that he was worried about it or what did you make that mean that I wasn't going to be able to provide for myself. Yeah. yeah. He was worried that I was going to fail and that I wasn't going to be able to provide for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an experience of, of hearing someone else's worries or judgments of us when we hear it and there's a part of us that's like, like that's kind of silly like I I maybe I understand where they're coming from but like obviously they don't really know what's going on and that would happen I'm thinking of the idea of like imagine telling like my great grandma that I'm a life coach she has no idea what that is and so she's gonna be like are you gonna make enough money doing that and I'd be like grandma like the most rich people in the world are doing life coaching like you can make really good money doing that but her comment would really trigger me if I was doubting my own ability to make money doing that, yeah. right? So depending in, on what place I was standing in, in my own power and in my own belief in myself, her comment would mean something different to me, Definitely. right? Yeah. And so when you experienced that judgment and that worry from your family, did it feel like it was activating a fear or a worry that you had within yourself? Definitely. Yeah. I felt yeah. like a fear. And I right. felt like scared and that I wasn't, that I wasn't successful. And I, I, I felt panicked and it finally I couldn't do anything about it because there I am sitting in the car coming down from, you know, on a visit with my family and I can't jump in and I can't go and earn money right then, Ugh. you know, yeah. and that was the feeling. It was like, I'm not making enough and I'm not good enough. And yeah, I don't I'm not know doing anything about it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, dad, you know, it, it's really difficult for me to have this conversation with you because I just got here and I can't do anything about it yeah. and it makes me really yeah. uncomfortable. Doing something about it is such a reliable means of escaping discomfort yeah. in our lives. There's, yeah. there's a way that I've contexted this in the realm of working with people who have really struggled with their body image and their relationship with food and exercise mm -hmm. where even if someone can really clearly recognize that they have a very disordered relationship with food that's impacting their mental health, their relationships, their life in general, and exercise as well, but they're still holding on to it 
as tightly as they can because they're so afraid of being in a position where they're going to feel bad about their body, even though they might feel bad about their body now, but they're going to feel bad about their body and they're not even going to be able to console themselves with the knowing that at least I'm doing everything that I know I can do about it, mm. right? There's something that feels a little bit comforting about, I might not like the way that my body looks. I might pick myself apart in the mirror. I might feel hopeless over the idea that I'm ever going to have the body that I think that I should. But if I'm killing myself in the gym every day and starving myself and restricting myself and suffering and not involving myself in social experiences because I'm too dedicated to do that, then at least I feel like I'm doing something about it and I don't have to really deeply face that pain. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you are. And there you are. And you're not able to run from it and you're not able to go work it right. off. What does it right. look like right. inside of that pain? Exactly. Ugh. And what was that pain for you when you were sitting there unable to launch yourself into making money? I just hurt my heart. I, I, um, yeah. I was so insecure and shattered most of my life that I was like barely functional. <laughs> so yeah. it, I was deeply depressed mm -hmm. and probably had a lot of hormonal imbalance and didn't know that. So there was a lot of behaviors that were really dysfunctional and that I had and just procrastination mostly, like really doubting myself and allowing this to stop me all the time. That I deliberately put myself outside of a traditional work career, you know, path, mm -hmm. but I didn't put myself at the level that I thought I should have been at and that I was working below my what I should have been doing yeah there was it, something really important about when you started making that connection to a point in your life earlier when you were really insecure and really depressed because what I'm seeing is that in those experiences where you were sitting in the car and you were faced with this possibility that you had failed something that forced you to touch that experience that lives in your body of being so depressed so dysfunctional so just like I like to call it the experience that we put inside of a box in the darkest corner of our mind and then we sit on top of it and we never let it out like that is that's the experience that we've all had that we lock away forever. We spend our whole lives trying to ensure the box never gets opened. Yeah. 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 And so there's this mechanism that you have created in your life of keeping the box closed by doing something about it. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. 
yeah, creating a result, getting myself somewhere else. Let's acknowledge how beautiful that is and how far that's gotten you in your life. Yeah, it's a motivation. It's a vehicle. It's a tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it tends to have a little bit of a, a counter to that result sometimes when we start to associate that if we take a certain action, it might result in the box being opened. And I think that's the place that you're facing right now. If mm -hmm. I take action on something, mm -hmm. I'm going to put myself out there and I might get judged or I might mm -hmm. be seen a certain way. And that's associated with me feeling down about myself and feeling insecure and me feeling judgmental of myself and me getting really depressed and me starting to worry and catastrophize my whole life and worried and worried and worried. And then the box is opened. Well, well but it's also that I'm going to expose myself and be, you know, show how, you know, fundamentally insecure I really am and that no one will want to have me as a coach. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. And it's that experience of you deciding nobody wants me to be their coach that would open the box. Yeah. Yeah. So of course you're going to not go all in on yeah. this if yeah. it's more important to you to keep the box closed. Yes. So that experience inside the box I saw that you started to touch it a bit when you started talking about that experience earlier in life. Do you remember when you started talking about when I was younger, I was really insecure. I was really depressed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel okay for us to just open our hearts to that experience a little bit in this moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more about what that was like to be in that experience. Not even just from your higher self that knows that that was helpful and that was a period of time you needed to go through and all of that. Let's not talk from there. Let's talk about the gunk of that experience. Tell me about it. What was that like? Um, fundamentally, I think it's about my brother being dysfunctional and not um, relating to me and not talking to me and not being kind. And, you know, but like even more exaggerated than the usual, you know, brother. I don't know. I mean, I don't ever remember him actually talking to me. And, but I mean, then I guess it's, it, it is, it's all like, what I got when I was growing up was he was five years older than I am and that he was always angry and he never wanted to do anything for anyone else. And he, and I shared a bathroom and that was horrible because he was a mess and he just locked me out. I, he didn't want to have anything to do with me and I felt very isolated and alone up there on the hill yeah. and that was all I had and then school you know and mm. I didn't understand what other people knew 
I didn't get the jokes that they had with each other. And maybe I'm on the spectrum or have mm. ADHD or something, you know, or, right. or maybe it's just that my, I, I developed this thought that I'm odd and that I'm not normal, like other, you know, I'm not like other people and that I don't fit in, yeah. in that environment can you see like a a vision or like an image of younger you who is just deep in that experience whether it's her standing outside your brother's door it was on your way back home from school what really resonates with you as far as when you really hit the depth of that experience dread yeah dread rejection discomfort like yeah I didn't like being at home it was not fun yeah it was it was not yeah and where is she in this moment when she's just when she's like I'm done with this I don't want to be here I'm dreading it where is she is she at home is she on the school bus is she standing outside your brother's door oh I'm not I even just walking up the hill from the bus stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We lived yeah. in the suburbs, but we lived on top of this hill and just yeah. edging up the driveway and just being like, oh, yeah. What's happened today when I go in the, you know, when I walk in the house? Yeah. So just stay in that vision. Can you just watch her for a moment? Just watch her grudging up the hill, being just in so much dread, confusion, rejection, feeling like she didn't belong. And just watch her. Watch her without creating a story about it. see her just love on her just see her innocence see that she was doing the best that she knew how to do and she was frustrated with that not working Yeah. Is there anything that you would want to tell her directly if you had the chance? Um but she's really wonderful yeah she's such a sweet person and that that people have joy when they're around her <laughs> you know like, yeah you can see that yeah 
want you to, to merge into her for a moment and try to really embody her walking up that hill, hearing that, that she's wonderful, that people have so much joy being around her. And I want you to really tune into what her authentic, raw response to that would be. How does she receive that in that moment? And let her respond however she wants to. There's a yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what... I don't know what the but is. It's yeah, but you're not popular. You're not part of the in, you know, the in group. You're not part of the people who, you know. Yeah, what you say doesn't matter. Hey, hey, <laughs> I yeah, don't care about your opinion you know, of me. I'm still a loser. <laughs> you know that, right? Like, <laughs> still not cool. Yeah. 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 So there's kind of this experience that I think we can all relate to of like when your mom or your parent says you're beautiful and we're like mom you don't have any idea right? <laughs> my mother you have to say that right exactly yeah. yeah yeah so that's okay let her respond that way yeah. like I don't I don't believe you you don't know right what do you know yeah yeah you? what do you know yeah yeah and so let's let's merge back out into the you that's just watching her, loving her, seeing her, just seeing her innocence and receive that feedback. Receive how she received what you said from that loving place. Mm. How would you want to meet her next? What would you want to offer her from, from here? knowing that she responded that way it was just a very somatic feeling in my stomach you know like that nausea and yeah. rejection right that rejection. yeah yeah so i want you to see that but see it as you're the container that's holding it you're the loving container that's holding it that's watching it that's seeing it walk up the hill Yeah, and allowing it to be here with you exactly as it is, seeing the nausea, seeing that just contraction around the feeling of rejection, and also hearing that I don't, I don't want you to think I'm wonderful. I want the people at school to think I'm wonderful. Mm, right yeah hear that from that loving container that's holding it that's being a space for it I can feel accepting of that there's a part of you that's still inside that resists that that doesn't like that feeling yes absolutely like and there's a part of you that's like and you're accepted for not accepting it right I accept this part of myself that is oh that's yeah I hadn't really named thank you for helping me to tease this out like it's that 
projected part that is like you don't know what you're talking about because they don't I think they don't accept me or I don't know right whether you know I don't feel comfortable with them right (laughs) right Right. yeah yeah and so you hearing that because I can imagine in in our typical mother-daughter experience of that right when we go I don't care what you think about mom I want them to like me not you and then mom goes mom gets offended by that (laughs) right like you don't think I'm cool and then she like feels rejected too but that's not who you're meeting yourself with right now you're meeting yourself from love from acceptance acceptance of that part of you so when that part of you says I don't care about you thinking I'm wonderful. I want them to think I'm wonderful. I want to fit in. I want to get their jokes. I want to laugh with them. What do you want to say to her from that place of fully hearing her and accepting that? Maybe it starts with, I totally get why why you care more about what they think than what I think. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I totally get why you care what they think it makes sense you know yeah here you are at 56 with like 200 dollars in the bank and uh a lot of stuff (laughs) and lots of education and and a deep connection with myself and so much knowledge about why I am the way that I am and why other people may be the way that they are. So I haven't followed a traditional path of moving up in a corporate environment or meeting someone and developing a relationship and marrying them and having children and doing that as my life. I instead here I am, I have gotten to this place because of those experiences of feeling like an outsider and wanting to see myself as other people saw me because other people value me. So it became more important to understand and value myself so that as yeah. an adult i accept I accept this this part of me that is that feels outside and that feels yeah. like locked out right and yeah yeah, yeah. And, and accepting it means that she doesn't need to just be okay with it and get over it and love herself and right. stop caring yeah, and about what people think. Right. And that's the thing as a child, my family was like, get over it. What, what you you're trying to get over it is putting it in the box. Yes. Right. Yeah. I can't ever stop experience that again. No, too painful. Right. And right, but now that you've allowed, had it, it wasn't allowed. My it, mother right. didn't allow it. Right. It's a good thing you had that strategy of locking it away. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Because I wasn't going to get any sympathy or support around it. Right. 
Right. And now that you have let yourself peek inside the box again here right now in this session, and you've practiced giving yourself the level of support that they were not available to give you around your insecurity, that level of support being okay that you're insecure it's okay that you want them to like you that makes perfect sense to me and you're totally allowed to care more about what they think about you than what I think about you or what the other people that love you in your life think about you it's perfectly okay yeah what is that like to that part of you to that part of you that was feeling that loneliness that dread walking up the hill that lives in your body right now what is her experience of having that support from you it's okay like it's part of me she's in there but she's uh, feels a little safer somehow wow Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so now with these big intentions to put your fullest expression of yourself out there and to just be in the world, serving, being in your joy, being in your passion, talking about what you're so lit up by, asking people to work with you, all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Comes with that risk of I'm going to feel othered. I'm going to feel like I don't belong. I'm going to be judged. Right. But what you're fearing is not anything outside of you. What you're fearing is things outside of you evoking this feeling inside of you. Yeah. Right. Right. And now that you've learned how to be with this feeling inside of you, that it's not wrong, even though people in your earlier life modeled to you that it was wrong and they weren't available to be with you inside of it that it's not actually wrong that it's okay it's understandable it's allowed it's accepted it's loved and it's not who you are Mm -hmm. what does that change for you learned how to be with this feeling inside of you that it's not wrong even though people in your earlier life modeled to you that it was wrong and they weren't available to be with you inside of it that it's not actually wrong that it's okay it's understandable it's allowed it's accepted it's loved and it's not who you are Mm -hmm. what does that change for you how does that change how you show up um a little easier on myself I think less like more relaxed and accepting and um less nauseous yeah like like something shifted so and it's it's a daily choice it's a moment by moment choice which power gets to win right right Right. The power of forcing the box closed or the power of pursuing my passion, even if that means that the box gets opened. Yeah. Or not allowing the eight-year-old to, to, to win. Right. 
Yeah. She doesn't like, have okay. to win, but she can come along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I understand that life sucks and everyone hates you and you will want everyone that doesn't like you to like you. Totally get it. Come on. <laughs> Why don't people like me? Hmm. Why? Is that a question that you have? Why don't people like me? Yeah. Yeah. And what is your most insightful wisdom around that? think I make that that people are uncomfortable with me because mm. I am not you know like I don't speak the same language right. I operate on the same level yeah like I've always even when I didn't know what it was I think that I've always wanted to have a greater connection with people's authenticity and vulnerability and not the facade and the right yeah and people are intimidated by that possibly so you being in your fullest expression of your humanness and your vulnerability would feel threatening to somebody who can see that that's something that they could do and the fact that they see that they can do it scares them because they don't want to do it because it feels too vulnerable yeah or threatening or you know yeah questioning them if they can just be around people that are all in their facade all in their right just constipation of vulnerability (laughs) their comfort zone it's okay yeah Yeah. it's their busyness it's their Right. I mean, and that's now I'm not, I don't want to judge anyone. I just yeah. understand. Yeah. But it's a place exactly. that's so uncomfortable. And, right. I, uh, and you understanding it allows you to not take it so personally. They don't like me not because there's something wrong with me or that I'm not good enough. Well, I don't know. It most people may think that their lives are actually going along quite wonderfully right right and they don't like it when someone comes into their life showing them a completely new way of being that makes them question their life choices that feel comfortable yeah 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 and so people are totally allowed to have that experience of you Mm -hmm. if you get to be that person that evokes that in them they might associate that as I don't like her because I don't like how I feel (laughs) in her presence yeah but that doesn't mean anything bad about you right and I can I can know that now so what would you like to take away how would yeah yeah (laughs) how (laughs) takeaways how would you like to Use what you accessed in this session and the insights that you had to move forward in a different direction or in the same direction, but with just more amplification. I I feel comfortable about having, you know, about doing a post or something, recording something for, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and just saying, look, I've been 
trying to tease out who I want to work with or what I feel that I can offer to people. And this is what I'm coming up with. And this is what feels right for me. So if you yeah. identify with that and you'd like to explore that a little bit more, then, you know, direct message me. Simple, perfect, vulnerable. I love it. And how are you going to commit to having a different relationship with this eight-year-old that lives inside of you that sometimes gets really fearful around how other people are going to think about you or judge you or worry about you? I'm going to allow her. I'm going to allow the feeling to come up. Yeah. And I'm just going to be with her and listen and just breathe into that nausea. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I know. It feels really awkward. But let's yes. just, let's try this. And it's going to, you know, see what happens. Mm. We can only try. Like not doing something might be worse than doing this. Yeah. Hold her hand and take her with you. Is what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. Like, I understand this is really uncomfortable. This really sucks. But I got you. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> And we've got to cross the street. Let's go. Yeah. 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 That very loving, compassionate, fierce parent role to yourself. Yeah. Becoming your own loving inner parent. Mm -hmm.